chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Ack. <laughs> oh, God. Why is like Tina Fey saying that's so funny when the source material isn't? <laughs> <laughs> It's, I think it's partly the fact that she does the thing with her tongue and also points. It's, uh, it's a good episode. <laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today we are uh, we are slaying some dragons here on Savage Noble. This is the second episode of Season 2. Uh, first aired February 16th, 2000, uh, written by Len Vine, uh, also known for creating uh, Swamp Thing, uh, Wolverine, or co-creating Swamp it, Thing, Wolverine. Wait, it's Vine? I thought it was Ween. I think it's Vine, Len Vine. Oh. oh. This is an important question. Actually, now I'm going to have to look something up. Go ahead and continue, but I want okay. to look something up about him. And this is his uh, third episode of Transformers. He did uh, Tangled Web back in Beast Wars. And he did Web World uh, in Generation 1, the episode about Galvatron going to the planet of the ape psychiatrists. <laughs> That's what I was looking up, because I, I recall that he wrote, like, a good Season 3 episode. And, the yeah, that, that was and, – and he wrote it, apparently, with Diane Duane, who is yes. uh, a novelist. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I definitely read one of her Spider-Man novels when I was, uh, when I was a kid. It's, this is all very spider-themed. I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, yeah. And then he also wrote an episode of uh, Robots in Disguise, the, the current series, not the uh, anime one. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, pretty that great. Yeah, that was uh, Cover Me, the one with Razorpaw, where they, everybody was brown. Oh. oh I think really nobody what? liked that episode. I think that was one of those things where, like... You know, it's one of those things where there's a really good name attached, so you're like, this is going to be really good, and then you're like, how did someone that good make something so mediocre? I mean, I, I liked Glacius and Swelter, but that was about it. Yeah, that was it. It's like, the the two characters that weren't brown color schemes were the only good part of that episode. Everything yes, else was yes. brown on brown on brown. So much brown. <laughs> Anyway, things are not brown uh, during this episode because, in fact, the whole thing is taking place during the magic hour. <laughs> Ooh, so it's a Michael Bay production. Yeah, it, it's Planet Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Everything's exploding. Uh, I mean, this plot is fairly coherent, so it's not entirely Planet Michael Bay. That's, there that's is fair. a point at which, in this episode, at which Cheetor throws a scimitar. At a bridge, and it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe this is Planet Michael Bay. That's that's some bad construction there. You, you don't put the gunpowder in the bridge. Yeah, so like, we're just going to run these napalm pipes through the bridge. <laughs> and uh, I don't just mean it falls apart and falls down. I mean, we get Beast Machine's cloud explosions of flame. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I guess, like, the... the Viacons really weren't firing high-powered rounds. Everything on Cybertron is just explosive now. Yeah, they're just firing, like, BBs. <laughs> <laughs> they just... Tink! 
The entire planet is ablative. Yes. <laughs> All right, so previously on Beast Machines, uh, Optimus Prime was dead, then he stopped being dead, and then floating head. He decided <laughs> to stop being dead. Yes. That was I'm actually ready to die, of... but not today. Yes, that was the I'm part not. they used in the uh, the recaps that specifically let know that he decided not to be dead. Yes. And yeah, we ended last episode with a giant floating Megatron head rising up into the uh, into the air. So as we open this episode, we're kind of just waiting for it to, you know, start talking and shooting at them and something. And yeah, unfortunately, and just... Megatron is giving them the mega si- silence because he's above them and thinks they're lesser than him. No, he's just floating in the sky and he's not <laughs> saying a damn thing. Black Arachnia goes from expressing terrified awe to being annoyed that it's not doing anything with remarkable speed. (laughs) Oh, you know. She is easily bored. (laughs) It's worth noting that they are also expecting it to start shooting at them or something or, you know, pontificating. And when it doesn't, they're surprised and concerned. Anytime Megatron is a giant floating head... Bad things are about to happen. They have learned from Beast Wars. Yes. yes. He's got a giant Jiffy Pop thing. He's got a glowing head telling Primal to do something. Something bad always happens when there's a big Megatron head. And, and mm-hmm. we will be seeing all sorts of Megatron heads in this episode. Yes, yes. we will. Yeah, so uh, Primal sends Night Scream and Black Arachne up to uh, look at it, but they hit a uh, force field. And they have to, well, Black Ragney manages to save herself via a very Spider-Man-y web parachute. And then they just have to catch Night Scream. Because it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like a very good idea. Like, here's this thing. Let's just go fly into it and see what happens. Well, it's I mean, not I like you expect something probably, that big yeah. to be a bug zapper. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Night Scream, you suck. <laughs> Optimus had to catch you. You've got those big he, wings. Can't you glide? He had to catch you, and he didn't have to catch the bug that can't fly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The bug without wings, using nothing but a a really open spider net, managed to stop herself from falling better than the dumb kid with wings. I mean, it it, it Uh. works for (laughs) Spider-Man. It's been reading those comics. His nets are are, tend to be, like, more mesh. He, He weaves together layers. There's his big and open. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe she doesn't understand how physics works in that way, and she's using cartoon logic, so the fact that she doesn't understand it means it doesn't not work. <laughs> okay, then. I yes. I do like that as they're, they're talking about the, the Megatron head and, you know, observing what it's doing, they keep pointing out how all these various things mean that it doesn't have a spark, basically. And it's like they want him to be dead so bad. <laughs> They're coming up with, well, you know, it's it's kind of floating kind of funny. That must mean that it's not doesn't have a spark in it. So, yeah. yeah. I, I also like that the term megahead is used canonically within minutes of its first appearance. Yeah, this never actually gets an official name on screen, but it's uh, later referred to. It's referred to in the scripts and in that uh, short story Bob Skier wrote as the Grand Mall. Yes. Wait, um, 
What was the toy called? Uh, well, the toy was called Mega Bolt Megatron. Oh. <laughs> Great yeah. name. Great name. So anyway, Prime, uh, the, the plan is now they're going to split up. Primal is going to send everybody else to go find Jetstorm and Thrust, because I guess, you know, it, it would help if, as the only living beings on this planet, they did not worry about two of them killing them. And with Megatron gone, they might be able to get them to see reason, which, sure. <laughs> Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> but Black Rackney, of course, is all for this, because, uh, you know, her boyfriend is still in one of them. Talk about, uh, you know, the, the whole sudden turnaround. At this point, Rat Trap's like a big jerk about her wanting to find Silverbolt. And then, like, two minutes later, he's all, like, concerned about Silverbolt. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he is Rat Trap. His first instinct is to be a jerk. That's That's fair. I mean, him, his feelings, I guess he is sort of... He's not necessarily arguing against finding him by in making fun of Black Arachnia for wanting to go find her boyfriend. That does, but Red Trap has no idea where good-natured needling stops. No. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, when, when later he's just, like, you know, upset about it. It's like, dude, make up your mind. So Night Scream... Uh leads them to a place where he and his buds used to hang out, which is a big waterfall, or a, it's a something fall. Niagara Falls, slowly I turned. Fluid of some kind. I mean, I think previously, Black Rackney had said there's no water on Cybertron. So Mm -hmm. this is coolant or uh, delicious diet Sprite. Well, the, the water mm. effect does look kind of weird. It, it doesn't look as good as water did in season three. It's just I, mean, this, I guess waterfalls are hard since it's an artificial they, environment. They've done it. Well, oh yeah, I guess it, it, it being in a not like in a rocky environment, it's weird. But it just it's just this mm. transparent sheet just rolling over. I mean, maybe that's supposed to mean it's not water. Maybe. <gasps> Now, in, in the scene before this, at the end, Rat Trap throws something, I think, to Optimus, and I couldn't tell what the hell it was supposed to be. It's like a little communicator thing. Yeah. Oh. But, but we, we never actually yeah, see like what badge. it is. He, we just see him reaching into his back and then chucking something at Primal, and we don't see Primal catching it, we just see Primal with his hand closed. And, and I can't remember if they actually have built-in communicators at this point. Well, they haven't used them previously because they don't, because they're not as robot-y. Otherwise, that right, would have so destroyed I, half the plot of half the episodes if they could have talked to each yes. other. It's like the cell phone thing. Yeah. Yeah, they went back to Cybertron so and they're that's... stuck in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I assume that this, uh, this place back when, like, Night Scream, you know, in the before the planet was dead, this place was basically the bronze from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, just full of annoying robot teenagers. I was thinking Makeout <laughs> Point. Oh, yeah, it could be Makeout. But then why are Thrust and Jetstorm there? <laughs> I was going to say, why is Night Scream there? I was thinking he and his three friends went on a long journey to get there to see a dead body and then ran into bullies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds legit. Oh, and, and that uh, that ro- that Energon pie eating flashback. That's oh, so gross. man! If only he was <laughs> Robot Will Wheaton instead. 
Yeah. Or Corey Feldman or anybody, really. That would be weird, but also good. Yes, a, a, somehow we are wishing that, boy, I wish this teenage character was less annoying, like Will Wheaton. <laughs> That's how bad he is. It wasn't Will Wheaton's fault, it was the writer's fault on Star Trek. Well, no. And also the costume designer's fault. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that sweater, God, that was hideous. <sighs> I feel like the only reason Will Wheaton has adopted that clown sweater is so he can have a sweater more hideous than the one he had to wear. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, the Vietcons so, are angry. The Vietcon generals are there, and they are behind a big pile of rubble, and terrified. It reminds me of that, uh, you know that Simpsons episode where Marge has the gambling problem? And she gets home, and uh, Homer's behind a pile of debris. And he's concerned that there may be a boogeyman or boogeymen in the house. <laughs> that, that sounds familiar. It's a good one. They, you know, Mr. Burns builds a casino and becomes uh, Howard Hughes. Anyway. Uh, so he yeah, has to build a plane? Yes. Except it's like a model, but still insists that uh, Smithers get into it at gunpoint. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the Vicons are terrified of something, and uh, make the Maxwells come in, hassle them. Uh, Black Ragney is still trying to reach that bit of silver bolt, but Jetstorm insists that he's Jetstorm, period. And Cheetor is, I'm sure, miffed that he's still kept. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, why? It's not, I wonder if he was, like, intentionally doing that to, like, pick on Cheetor, to mock him by using his thing. I should have also uh, thrown in an ultra gear in there. (laughs) (laughs) So they're about to fight, but, uh, good news, there's something else there to fight them, and it's, uh, uh, a wyvern? Is that what you call this? A wyvern? I think so, yeah. I think this is technically uh, a wyvern. It's one of those two-leggedy dragons. A red wyvern ambushes the party. Roll for initiative. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I want to call attention to something that happens before we actually see that it's a red wyvern. They hear a roar, which is apparently what the uh, Viacons have been scared of. And they're like... Oh, we should go, and then they run off in the opposite direction from where the roar was coming from, and then, like, we have the wyvern walk across the camera shot. And then we come back from commercial break, and they finish running, and they're like, oh, we're about to find it. We better be careful. Uh, there, there's the blocking a weird makes echo. zero there, sense. The, the block, is, yeah, some of the blocking with the, the dragon wyvern thing is kind of weird. They just show it... But not in a place it will be later, just to be menacing. For the sake of those who are not massive dorks, a wyvern is a wigged, two-legged dragon with a barbed tail. He doesn't have the barbed tail in this case, but he's a winged, two-legged dragon. I mean, he has two tails. Yeah, that, that's he's King Ghidorah tailage. But the, the the difference between a dragon and a wyvern usually is a dragon has four legs, a wyvern has two. We're going to cover our bases here by pronouncing it all the the possible ways <laughs> throughout just throughout the conversation, and yeah. that way we we can assume that one of them is right. Yeah, which is the and thing that annoys me about Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones have has wyverns, not dragons. 
Google pronunciation says it's Wyvern. Oh. So. What does Google know? <laughs> I mean, other than everything in the world. Anyway, so this, uh, this Wyvern looks super cool. Yeah. Big and mouth. I, I'm not sure I agree. Teeth. Does it actually have eyes? I, I like the fact that it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have eyes. That is weird and creepy and I like that about it. It's it got like just a, yeah. like a I giant mouth. Yeah, it's like a Venus flytrap mouth that's got like teeth sticking out in front of it that kind of mesh past each other. I guess there's nostrils. There's two dark spots near the end. I think those are just the nostrils. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, almost everything with eyes on this show has pupils. Yeah, and there's nothing. There's just black pit. Two little black pits. Yeah. Must be the nose. Which, like, does it... And there's a scene, I think, later on where... uh it does, where it apparently doesn't notice Rat Trap, and I wonder if maybe that's because it like, uses echolocation or scent or something. It can't be scent. We're talking about Rat Trap here. He knows it's true. <laughs> Poor guy. Maybe it, it doesn't actually have any senses, and it's just kind of randomly poking around. Oh, may, maybe occasionally it's like a... breathing fire on people. That seems unfortunate. Maybe it's like a graboid and can only sense movement. Ooh. Ah. I'm in favor of like graboids. I love graboids. I wish that was true, but like skipping ahead a bit, there's a point where he manages to blast something above a group of people, spoilers, maximals, so that debris falls on top of them. So clearly um, it has some sort of very weird sense. So I, I will take a moment at this point, since we're discussing his design, to uh to have a, a little diversion here is that the thing that it reminded me of, uh, which of course it wouldn't have reminded me of at the time, uh, was a particular kind of mount slash creature in World of Warcraft called a proto-drake, uh, which is something that you can just plug into Google and see a picture of. Uh, specifically, they there are red ones, uh, which it has that same sort of like, the way it doesn't have a neck so much as it's shoulders just sort of taper into a head uh it's got the big very big mouth uh it's got the wyvern build uh in the case of those its wings sort of serve as front uh limbs uh and it's got the big you know scaly and and yeah you could say it's you know it's it's a wyvern uh but just the the head i think is what really looked like that for me and i also think it's probably fair to say that Specifically, people who design for video games are prob- probably liked, you know, anything mainframe put out. Uh, so I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that uh, that that may have been an influence. I think there's it. evidence that it was definitely an influence we can talk about next episode. But yeah. Oh, oh. And also, the one difference, it, the whole face thing, I can definitely see where you're coming from with kind of the flattened out, maw thing on the protodrake, but it almost reminds me more of like a fell hunter's mouth where they kind of creepily don't have eyes and this thing doesn't and the proportion on the wings are slightly different and this thing looks like this thing which will eventually get the name savage looks kind of like a silly goofy proportion version of the protodrake that you're talking about yeah yeah i don't think it's necessarily like intentionally the same thing but i i think 
that, you know, there's, there's some artistic influence there. Oh, definitely. And also this dragon wyvern thing, so stumpy and waddly. (laughs) I, I have trouble taking him seriously as a threat because he's almost cute. Like he's cute in a disgusting way. Like I feel like at any moment he's going to roll over and ask for somebody to rub his belly or something. <laughs> Aw, he is pretty cute. Which is why, as as we will see, he he becomes someone's sort of pet mascot. Yes. All right. So meanwhile, uh, Optimus Primal is trying to uh, commune with uh, with the Megahead and goes into the Matrix and instead finds that it's full of more heads. <laughs> Specifically, a bunch of endlessly laughing uh, regular and Beast Wars and Beast Wars Transmetal Megatron heads. Just <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. That's the, the worst thing. Wait, does, just kind does of, he actually say anything or is it just all laughing? He's just laughing. Hmm. Maniacally. Kind of Again, that, uh, episode of the Tick <laughs> needs a bunch of uh, tiny Megatrons hitting him with fish. <laughs> Which again leads Optimus to say, "Well, it didn't seem like there was any real consciousness in there." And it's like you really want him to be dead, dude. Settle. I mean, that is. I mean, you know that that seems like the kind of thing you'd get from like trying to read the, your toaster's mind. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. So he gets out of there. Uh, Meanwhile, Cheetor has decided that, hey, maybe, you know, this thing could be a maximal. Maybe we shouldn't kill it. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't kill it. But, but what do you mean? Night Scream, wait, that's another argument for killing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Night Scream is definitely, you know, he's going to have a part to play in this episode. Yeah. So exactly. it, uh... So uh, Savage knocks out the Viacons, and pretty quickly it also buries the Maximals and takes off. Yay, rocks fall, everyone dies. Commercial break. <laughs> Except nobody dies. No, it's off. kind of comical how they set it up by going, wow, good thing this thing has no aim before getting crushed by the debris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, they, they try and track it into this uh, generator plant. I guess, I guess, is this like a hydroelectric plant? Except not with hydro, but with coolant or delicious Sprite. Liquid methane? <laughs> Sprite. Who knows? What temperature is it on Cybertron? Uh, I mean, they're like living plants and stuff. Yeah, but the, the plants are under. Well, on the other hand, it always seems like it's nighttime, so this is a tough one. And we have seen humans just survive there unaided. In the past. In the past. Yeah. Oh, God, I have it. I know. This is why everything explodes so easily. It's a giant still. (laughs) The planet Cybertron is the world's largest bootleg moonshine operation. Well, that explains where Quick Strike's from. (laughs) True, true. Oh, man, now I want a Transformer called Rum Runner. (laughs) Well, there there is one today in uh, today's today's episode of Robots in Disguise there in Canada called Ruffage. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Man, I gotta catch up on this. Ruffage. He's, he's, he's a member of the Fibercons. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. So yeah, they do not find Savage, but they find uh, a, a a Wolf Man. No, no, it's Talban from Darkstalkers. It's a crossover. <laughs> I I'll take your word for it. He's the Ken blue Green, werewolf I... from the video game. Yeah, Scott McNeil was a voice on that show. He wasn't. I just remember the Talban. Bat Lady and the uh, the one dude who is curiously curiously attractive for a fish man. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I think Scott McNeil voiced the. Skeleton zombie musician? Probably. Oh god, why did the name of it not make me remember what you're talking about, but skeleton zombie musician did? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, skeleton zombie musician. Fair point. So yeah, this guy is a varvolf. Oh! He's kind of just a furry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this what thing is... does kind of look like a fursuit. He's very blue, and he's got a lot of, like, magenta on him. There's a little bit of magenta. That there's there's more, I think, gray spots. But it... Yeah, he yeah. is kind of also... like a furry nightmare with giant claws and long legs. He does have giant claws and, like, He kind of has the digit-grade legs thing going on, and he does have claws, but mostly, like, he's a blue wolf anthropomorphized animal person thing, which makes him the furry equivalent of a white guy named Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Oh, it's somebody's yeah, persona. I, I really do like the design, of, at least the head. It's fantastic. It's a well-executed design. Yeah, yeah. Very, oh, it's definitely very expressive. Get the yeah, it's, it's very cartoony looking, which is neat. Yeah, And apparently, un- apparently unlike uh, Savage, this guy is sapient. And he talks, and pay no attention to the fact that he sounds like David Kay. Well, <laughs> he really sounds like just David Kay. At first, it, it really doesn't, it didn't seem like him to me. It, it was very different, it sort of evens out, but but at first, it, it he sounds younger and, and more vulnerable than we're used at to. At first, I was like, wow, Kay. they really missed an opportunity. Why didn't they give him David Kay's voice? Or why didn't they have him be voiced by David Kay? So <laughs> Really sounds different to start, and then it gets more and more towards his normal Transformers voice. animated Optimus voice, which is close yeah. to his normal speaking voice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it super David K. Yeah, and I mean David K is a fairly versatile uh, voice actor, so you know it doesn't sound just like Megatron, mm-hmm. but it, it sounds enough like David K. And we've seen David K in enough things that we can tell it's David K. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Night Scream immediately suspects this is another guy who survived in the same way that he did. And, uh, in fact, he survived in exactly the same way that he did because uh, he used, they used the same uh, footage for his flashback. Yeah, that was... exactly the same story. That's not suspicious at all. Yeah, yeah he just, like, word stole what Night, Scream Night Scream's story. You stole my story. I'm <laughs> Transformers actor John Turturro. <laughs> And of course, having the exact same story immediately endears him to Night Scream. Yes. <laughs> because Night Scream is an idiot. It's a simple story that does explain what happened. It fits with what we know of the shit that happened on Cybertron. Yeah. It's vague enough. Hey, yeah, his uh, his name is Noble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good, good ironic Wait, name choice. What was this titled again? I forget. <laughs> Noble, I... Might as well be hero protagonist. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of a great episode. Of his name. 
Oh yeah, this uh, this episode it's uh, Savage Noble. Hey, it's got a guy named Savage and a guy named Noble in it. <gasps> I wonder if they're connected in any way. <laughs> nah. I wonder. I also wonder. <laughs> so yeah, they they get attacked by uh, Jetstorm and Thrust because they are not that good at this. Especially not and this then, episode. No, and then Noble just disappears like he's Batman. Yeah. Maybe she he is. Cut. And also, I, did Night Scream have that red streak in his hair before? And have I just never noticed it? I know, I just, I noticed it, that, like, actually next episode I, I noticed it, but yeah, it's it's weird. I don't remember that before. Maybe it's because oh, the episode was... just has better lighting than all the other ones. That's a distinct possibility. Uh, yeah, the the lighting seems more dramatic. There's a lot more black. It's blacks in the shadows. It's high, more high contrast. It's the magic hour. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this show will get a re-release for uh, 4K TVs with HDR technology. Oh, that would be oh. nice. It'll never happen, but it'd be mm. nice. You never know. It's a nice idea. I mean, uh, Shout Factory did re-release it not long ago, so you never know. A re-release would could happen, but I'm talking about, like, this show was made at 480p, and that would be re-releasing it at, like, several times that resolution, and with additional color data that I'm sure they never included when they created it. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't count on. So, yeah, the, uh, uh, they, they talk to Primal, he's, you know, gives them the, uh, the lowdown on the big, uh, big dumb head. <laughs> and so now they... I've just about given up on pondering the big floating head. Sure, I can come be reinforcements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. So yeah, they go looking for Noble, but instead they find Savage. <gasps> and Night Scream thinks that it, I guess, ate Noble. Why? Night Scream, why are you so dumb? All in a manner of speaking. I love this sequence. And yeah, he Maybe. almost, he, Jumps to attack it. He almost gets uh, blasted, and Black Rackney has to Gwen Stacy him to save him. <laughs> Scream charges directly into a fireball, and everybody react, reacts in horrified slow motion, except for Black Rackney, who, at like normal motion speed, webs, lassos, and yanks him out of the way. <laughs> sadly, for some reason. sadly, also, it did not break his neck. And also, maybe attack him from behind next time. I don't think he can turn around that fast, and that's the only end I hope that fire comes out of. <laughs> oh, well. No, you don't You don't attack the uh, dragon-related mobs from behind. They have a tail swipe. you got to attack them from the side. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, and this guy's got a double tail swipe. I mean, dragons do dragon things. That's That's a very important thing to know when going in to fight one. I love that too many years of World of Warcraft has made me just go, oh, that's how you fight a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I know what dragons do dragon things means. So yeah, they, they, uh, Primal gets there, they spl- and, and also the, it turns out this thing can fly, too. Well, yeah, it has Those wings don't look like they're big enough for him to be able to fly by default, but then again, Night Scream, so. No, I mean, he looks... Can... Then, yeah, I mean, Night Scream can fly with his little uh, Namor wings when he's in robot mode, so... <laughs> Somehow, stupidly. Yeah. Wings just work differently for Cybertronians. Yeah, I so think. I'll buy that this fat-ass dragon can fly with these uh, relatively dinky wings. Well, yeah. yeah, there's an atmosphere, but it has to be kind of thin. Yeah, I do like the imagery of uh, this dragon just flying through uh, CG Cybertron. 
it's a neat image. Yeah. It's pretty. So yeah, Primal gets there, they split up, uh, Rat Trap eventually gets cornered by it, but it doesn't attack him, possibly because... Primal has split the party. Never split the party! No! Don't do that. Don't split the party. I was kind of confused by this, too. It was like, Primal said not to directly engage it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we go through this sequence that at first seems like it's trying to be a, oh, they're creatively blocking off alternate paths for it to funnel it toward Optimus, but it turns out, nope, they're just attacking it, and yeah, then Optimus has to tell them to stop. It's really weird. It, it's like, it, it starts out like, oh, they, they skip Primal explaining the their, how they're going to corner it, and then it's just kind of chaos. And why, I'm still confused why it doesn't attack Rat Trap, but that really is just a nothing scene. Yeah. Why doesn't everything attack Rat Trap? I mean, really? And anyway, this, this is where the aforementioned Cheetor explodes a bridge with a sword scene happens. <laughs> yeah. Why? That's not how bridges work. Or swords. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Jetstorm and Thrust come back here and uh, complete their Team Rocket, their episode-long Team Rocket <laughs> impression by getting hit with their tail and going blasting off again. Yeah. See, don't stand behind a dragon. You'll get tail whipped. <laughs> yeah, and then your healers will fuss at you. It's not. Great. I mean, you get literally everything but the little twinkle as they fly into the distance. Yeah. yeah. Surprised there wasn't the twinkle. And uh, they don't even have Tankor anymore. Is there? Uh, I guess their yep. guy who can only say his uh, his name really. <laughs> yeah, they don't have their tank anymore. That's their problem. Tankor. Yep, that's they right. More than his name. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> So yeah, Night Scream uh, lays upon the healing hands and calms the calms the savage beast, and it CG morphs into Noble. <gasps> oh no! I was not expecting that. He was an animorph all along. No. Well, no, no, his storyline will fail and be repurposed. He kind of was an animorph all along. Let me explain. Oh. Okay, so back in the 1990s. I was on a very p- famous TV show. Don't act like you... Sorry, that's the end theme for BoJack Horseman. Uh, <laughs> way back in the 90s, uh, the, the, this was sort of the precursor to your, uh, you know, dystopian teen fiction. And uh, one of these long-running teen series was Animorphs, which was about kids fighting aliens who could also turn into animals. And this was popular enough that it got a low-budget Canadian live-action TV show. And it also got a toy line... Uh, from Hasbro, which was branded with the Transformers name. Hmm. And uh, these figures were mostly pretty crummy. Yeah. Uh, because it's very hard to have realistic people turn into realistic animals. Yeah, so they kind of went... You kind of end up with people with vaguely human heads and then just a bunch of animal parts. <laughs> yeah. And so that toy line ended, but uh, Hasbro, I guess, had sort of started on making a couple other uh, Animorphs toys, which were Specifically ones that went from beast to beast. And they repurposed those as the Beast Wars mutants, uh, of which there were four. And they were said to be uh, victims of the, of Megatron's virus, who were stuck in between two beast modes. So you had like Soundwave, the guy who was a, an alligator and a bat. Or Poison Bite, the guy who was a lionfish, or no, no, he was a barracuda and a scorpion. They were weird. Hmm. They were weird. I kind of, I kind of dug them though. I like them. Yeah. 
neat idea. I, I think Poison Bite is pretty solid. Hmm. And uh, I think Icebird is pretty good, who is the leader, and he was uh, a snowy owl and a polar bear. It is pretty cool. Part of the problem was they had to be the same color. Yeah. And, and you know, that worked well with the owl and the polar bear, but then you had uh, Razor Claw, the green velociraptor who turns to a green wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Completely realistic green wolverine. Yes, uh, with orange claws. Yes, that is known and, uh, for being a thing that really exists. And oddly, uh, the toy that we got for Savage Noble here, uh, which was for copyright reasons called, or trademark reasons called Beast Changer, which <laughs> really sounds like a knockoff. <laughs> it really does. Uh, it was not branded as a mutant, but oh. I assume that it was sort of inspired by them somehow. Oh, yeah. sure it must have been. Yeah, and... And it transforms from what is a pretty accurate representation of the uh, Savage to a kind of very red version of Noble. Yeah, the, the massive... And also the wings didn't go anywhere. You just had to take them off. Oh. Yeah, the wings were not great. Everyone knows Wolverines aren't green. Everyone knows they're yellow and blue. Yeah. And brown and yellow. Depending on the, the era, yeah. Sorry, I had to get that one out. <laughs> it's okay. We we had to. I mean, you know, but you know, you're the best there is. At what you do and what you do is not very nice. Thanks for saying not very nice and not very good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the savage is noble. Noble is savage, uh, and primal vows that uh, you know will will help him out, even though he's you know I'm all you know. You guys got to stay away from me. I'm Unlike the Incredible Hulk here. <laughs> yeah. And he gets the Beast Machines transformation of Beast Machines transformation. Yeah, yes. he basically, it's almost like, it's like a really high-end morph. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it makes sense for him because he is apparently totally organic. Yeah. Yeah, so he sort of liquefies and changes. It, I kind of like his change better than everybody else's change where they just sort of pop in and out limbs from a glowing sphere. Yeah. yeah. True. It is, in that sense, slightly less bullshit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're taking this stray in, and they're going to help him, you know, control his other half. And, uh, you know, so we're all happy. Episode's ending. Noble smiles to himself. Maybe a little too much. <laughs> Are you saying his smile looks almost sinister? It, it, it's no. a real dun-dun-dun moment. Yeah, it, it is. Because this is kind of a two-parter. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a it's a real long-running mystery, right? Yeah. I, I mean, just a, I mean, it's about as long-running a mystery as what is what a connection do Savage and Noble have in the episode Savage Noble? Yeah, I kind of <laughs> wish... I. I'd almost remembered that it was like a three-parter, but no, it's just two parts. It's, mm. I mean, it's kind of a three-parter if you count the first part. Well, yeah, but Ish. I mean, like, the whole Noble Savage thing. It, it, oh, it'd yeah. be nice if there was an episode in the middle of them doing something else. On it the would other be hand, nice if we'd run into the dragon in Fallout. Yeah, that yeah. would be neat. Or, like, hurt <laughs> something, like, just roaring, and then, like, it's in the shadows. Or just had a, a shot of it, like, tearing apart some Oh, and also, I totally forgot that there's a bit in here where... 
Hmm? I totally forgot there's a bit in here where Thrust uh, flips Cheetor the bird. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's also a spot where Thrust cowers behind Black Arachnia. <laughs> like when the dragon is roaring. Yeah. A little of that oh. wasp later coming up. <laughs> yes. So cute. Well, I guess this is less it's less of a spoiler in uh, in uh, Japan because this is called The Monster's Anguish. Well, that's it. Oh, that's a more poetic. That's actually title. surprising that theirs would be less of a spoiler than ours because they don't yeah. seem to usually have much regard for spoilers. Will Will Ultra Magnus die? Find out in the next episode. Ultra Magnus dies. <laughs> will Scorpionok return? Of course he will. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that uh, that pretty much does it for um. Savage Noble. It's uh, you know, it's it's an enjoyable enough episode. It certainly has some holes. Yeah, it looks the great. Central it's mystery just... is not a great mystery. No, no, it, it's <laughs> it's simple, but it looks pretty. Yes, and uh, yeah, it it. I mean, obviously, there's more going on than there appears to be, and uh, we're going to find that out in the next episode when uh, we get we undergo an experience that is slightly less uh, torturous than having our livers picked out. And watch Prometheus Unbound. <laughs> slightly. Slightly. But until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. And we are on Tumblr. And, and we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, where we do have a Patreon to help support our web costs. It is at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. Yeah, and if you want to uh, if you want to write in, tell us if this... Uh, if this mystery sucked you in upon its initial airing, or maybe if you have some theories about what that water, about what that waterfall's made of, uh, you can write into the Maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm Bibi. I need a break before we do the next episode. I have a uh, question, actually. Just a short uh, Might be involved in the episode if we feel fit to include it as an outtake or something. Uh-huh. When was the uh, Beast Changer toy revealed versus when the episode aired? I, definitely after. Okay. Yeah, I All think right, it, so it's obvious enough to leave that out, then. Yeah, it, it didn't get uh, phantasmed. <laughs> <laughs> by, by which I mean they revealed the spoiler at the end of the movie via a toy, not that, uh, I don't know, Hasbro was attacked by a an old guy and his floating metal spheres. I figured that was what... I figured you meant the former. Yes. You design a good Transformer, boy!
Damn it, I want Halloween horror cons. <laughs> oh yeah, those uh those we definitely saw on eBay, I think, before yeah. they uh well I mean obviously because they were never yeah, actually released. Yeah. Hey, you're pretty. They were neat. And uh, we don't really have a, we don't really have any Halloween themed Transformers. No, well, no, we do we just have Hello Kitty and Daffy Duck and Book or Oh yeah, that's true. And I guess uh Cybertron and Evangelion. <laughs> and uh, Cybertron, uh, what's his name? Cybertron Sideways is very black and orange. Yeah, th- there's black and orange toys. D- there's loads of them, but it's like specifically Halloween themed. Mm. Yeah. Good color schemes, good toys. I picked up Ape Face earlier today. And A, he's really good. B, having him and Mind Whip now, I just canceled my order for a eHobby Optimus Primal off of Hobby Link Japan because I oh. I really like them but I don't a hundred bucks want another pair of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean well I, I just love Mindwipe. He's great. I uh, if there was a more reasonable price I'd want them because they're a really neat idea. But no, I, I if need that was the budget. fifty I'd be all over it. Yeah. Fifty, maybe yeah. sixty. But a hundred Yeah, a hundred is pushing it. Also I have now returned. Yay. A hundred is pushing it for that primal masterpiece release. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, I'm tempted on that one. I'm tempted, like, but uh, that, that's so much money. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is, I I really want the Megatron. I want a Megatron. <laughs> so maybe I need a Primal. Oh, if they did a masterpiece transform Megatron, I'd be there for a hundred bucks. Even yeah. just the first Megatron. Yeah, and no price is too much for a Megatron. Yeah. 